0: Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Thank you, Lord. I want to um, share this morning. I'm going to start with Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. And I want to talk to you about signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. And um, uh, this, this verse of Scripture, actually, it's quoted in, in the second chapter of Hebrews uh, by the author of Hebrews. Um, and it's, it's, written, it's actually in that p- passage, the author is saying that this is Jesus speaking. I- Isaiah is prophesying, but Jesus, the, the, human, the human Jesus, Jesus, the son of man, is prophesying 700 years before he was born. And this is what he says. He says, here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given me. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. Now these children that the Lord has given to him, he's saying this 2700 years ago, 700 B.C. This is Isaiah prophesying and, it's, or, and Jesus speaking through him. And he's describing something that that could and would be said after his death, burial, and resurrection, and he's surrounded on the streets of glory with the testimony of his life. Woo! Surrounded on the streets of glory with, with people like us, people like you and like me, people that used to be outcasts without hope and without God that were purchased by his blood that became his sons and daughters. So he says, here am I in the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel, in the, in the worlds. So this gives us here uh, uh, the, 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 final, the final purpose for your existence. You were created to be a sign and a wonder to this world, your life. You know, Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and he, just, he told them that signs and wonders would follow them. Now, we think of signs and wonders, you know, the first thing we think of is, is the, the instantaneous healings. Miracles, demons coming out, you know, those types of, of miraculous occurrences, which we believe in those things and they happen, but, but the signs and wonders that, that Jesus was prophesying about is the, is the human beings, the people like you and me, who are transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It involves miracles. Miracles. It involves deliverance. It involves physical healings, emotional healings, and deliverance from demonic oppression. But the, the sign and the wonder is when you're standing there like the gathering demoniac was, clothed and in your right mind with the light of Jesus shining out of your face. And people look at you and say, whether they say it out loud or they just think it on the inside, what happened to you? That's, that's why you exist. When you discover that, you will find peace in your life. There'll be a settling in your heart and your soul when you discover, oh, this is, this is, now I've got it. I've been looking all of my life to find out why I am. And I've finally discovered why I am. I am to be a sign and a wonder so I can display the glory of God. In the arena that He's called me in, whether it's in the business arena, arena, the school arena, in the housewife arena, in the ministry arena, in the athletic world, wherever it may be, I am a sign and a wonder, and my life is to radiate the grace of God, and my life is to magnify the goodness of God. Amen. So let's talk about signs and wonders. Creation Creation itself, which we're part of. We are part of God's creation. Creation is made to display God's glory. That's why it exists. The heavens declare. David sang this. One of his great Psalms, 19. David said, the heavens declare the glory of God. God. The heavens, one translation says, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. It's a, it's a continuous thing that's happening. Since that first day when God said, let there be light, and there was light. And when he, when he said, let the, let the firmament come forth, when he began to create with his words, and he began to create animals, he began to create the insects, he began to create the water, he began to create the stars and the lights of, this, of the sky. From that day... Creation has been talking. It's been declaring. It's been speaking. It's been, the the hills have been, the, the trees and the hills are clapping their hands. The ocean waves are pounding and thundering. The glory of God, His creativity, His infinite wisdom. Everything around us is crying out. Everything in creation is crying out, glory, 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 glory. The whole earth, the whole universe is filled with glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory. Amen. Yeah. Seeing the invisible. Paul said it like this. He said, "For ever since the creation of the world, I love this, his invisible nature and his attributes, that is, his eternal power and divinity, have been made intelligible. And one translation says clearly seen, clearly discernible. So his invisible attributes have been made have been clearly seen. The invisible attributes of God are clearly seen. That's why creation is. God created creation to display his attributes, to show what he's like. That's why it exists. That's why he did what he did, to show forth his glory so peep the angels can look and see. The angels were created to, to enjoy God and to glorify God through their, through their worship and through their expression. That this creation that we see in the physical world, it was all created so we can look at it and see, wow, what a God. When you see the Grand Canyon, you say, wow, what a God. When you see the ocean, wow, what a God. When you see a beautiful creature, an animal, wow, what a God. When you see a newborn infant, wow, look at this great thing that God has done. You see God in everything. That's, that's what our, our God is about. You know, I want to, so, so you think about that. Turn, I want to look at next at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. Then there was... You know, there was um, some—man was created. We were the—we were God's—intended to be God's crowning achievements of this creation. He created man in His image. He created man in His image, created us as spirit beings different from the rest of His physical creation. He created us. He created us. It says in Hebrews 2, verse 6 through 8, but one testifies in a certain place, saying, What is man that you're mindful of him, or the Son of man that you take care of him? You've made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You've put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that's not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. So God created man as the crowning achievement of his creation. And we were to, to walk with him and fellowship with him, created in his image to, to have and to rule his universe that he created under his authority and under his dominion for his glory and for our enjoyment and our prosperity. We were the crowning achievement of God's infinite wisdom. That's why we were created, that's why man's were created, different from all of the rest of this universe. You know, God's created man in a unique way. God's created us with a a complicated body, a body that functions, a body that can run, a body that, that can heal itself a body that that can see and feel and touch and communicate and and that can work. He's created us with a brilliant mind and the ability to, to think and to create things. He's created us different from the rest of his dumb creatures that are in the universe. Yeah, there's some awesome characteristics. You know, the horses can run fast, you know, God, and, and kangaroos can hop, and dolphins, you know, they've got all sorts of talents, but none of them, none of them have the, have the same unique creativity that's inside of a human being created in the image of God because we are spirit beings created in his image. Created more than just a mind and a body and an intellect and a soul. We've been created with this unique part of us, this spirit part of us that's created in the image of God. Different from the rest of creation. So, you know, that was, that was God's plan. But there was, of course, an incredible, horrible event that took place. The man fell into sin. Man disobeyed his, our Father God. And, and the Lord told us in the day that we would we would, would dishonor him and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said in that day we would die. We would be separated from him and our, we would begin to suffer the, the, the ramifications, the consequences of our sinfulness. Sin set in and began to affect the way we think, the way we imagine. The way we view things, the way we view ourselves, the way we view other people, it began to affect us physically. Our bodies begin to age and to get old. They were never intended to age and get old and die. We were we were intended to live forever with God. This was ne- our bodies were never intended to get sick and die. It's the consequences of what happened to us. Amen. Now none of this is new, but but hearing it, hearing it does some things in our lives. I want you to think of this, Hebrews 2:15. So the fall of man was an attack on God's glory." We were created to be the crowning creation of God's glory and it was an absolute attack on the glory of God was to bring man down, to destroy man, the crowning creation of God. It was an attack on God himself, an attack on God's kingdom, an attack on God's credibility, an attack on the reason creation exists, which is to display the glory of our God. Hebrews 2.15, it says that Jesus came to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So this, this fall, it affected our health. People began to get, like I said, began to get sick and die. We began to age. We began to get cancer. We began to get leukemia. All the diseases that are in this earth began to, to breed and begin to spread amongst us. And, and, and we, not, not only the, the sickness part, but the aging part, it catches up with every one of us. You can be healthy And in perfect health all the days of your life, but there's coming a day, if the Lord doesn't return in this generation, there's coming a day when every one of us will lay our bodies down because they will not be able to function in this world any longer because of the fall. So our, our health and our prosperity are affected. Our love for God and our love for our fellow man was affected. When we fell out of fellowship with God, we lost the intimacy with God. We lost the communication with God. Our, our, our fellowship and our love relationship with Him was severed. We could no longer walk with Him in the cool of the day. We were separated from Him because of our sins. He's a holy God and, and imperfect, unholy humans could not come into His glorious presence. It would kill us. It would destroy us if we came into the presence of the Lord without His covering on our lives. So we were, we were banished from Him, and, and it spilled over. Not only affected the way, the way we, we love God, but it affects the way we treat one another. Our love for our fellow man spills out of our relationship with God. And when it's messed up, my friends, it is, it's all messed up. It's not just religious rules. You think about it. People, if... If, you want, if, if religion would solve the world's problems and problems between humans, then the, the Muslims wouldn't be killing each other right now. Yeah. There are so many Muslim sects, I can't even keep up with it, and they are bloodying the streets of Syria, of Iraq, of Iran, of Egypt, of Jordan, and Afghanistan, and Lebanon. They are killing one another left and right, because they've got a a form of godliness, but they have no way of approaching God because they've rejected the Savior. They've rejected the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, there's no salvation. There's no love for God, and there's no love for man. There's just rules and regulations. The only solution for the Muslim dilemma, the only solution is the same solution for all mankind. You must be born again. There has to be. There has to be a born again experience. There has to be a shedding of the blood. There has to be the preaching of the gospel in the streets. In the streets of the Islam nations before the Lord returns. So our love for God and our love for fellow man, our holiness has been affected. All of the, we were to glorify God with our, with our health and our prosperity. We were to glorify God with our love for God and our love for fellow man. That was gone when we fell. Our holiness was affected. We could no longer walk in holiness like our God is. We began to have immoral thoughts and we gave way to immoral thoughts and immoral thoughts gave way to immoral lives and immoral lifestyles. We began to pursue sensuality and promiscuity and homosexuality and sexual perversion as a human race, and it brought disgrace upon ourselves, and it was aimed at discrediting, discrediting the glory of God. Holiness honors God. Impurity dishonors God, and that's what it was all about. Our will, our ability to, to make choices was devastated at the fall. Before the fall, we had a, a free will to choose and to live before God and, he, and to honor Him with our actions and make right choices. When we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something happened where our will, our ability to make right choices became a slave of sin, it was enslaved to sins. The only way for it to be liberated, it's not to hear about a, a, hear about a Muslim God or a Hindu God, or it's not to be educated properly. The only way for our will to be liberated, our enslaved human will, the only way for it to be liberated is by the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unless a man is born again, he'll never be able to make right choices. Unless a man is born again, he'll be enslaved to some form of sin all the days of his life. So Christ came. Christ came because because man, who was God's crowning achievement, intended to glorify God. And it seemed like God's plan had been destroyed. God came up. Well, he didn't come up with a plan. It's been in place all along. He didn't come up with anything. It's always been his plan. And what was his plan? For himself, God himself, to enter into his creation and become a man and to live the perfect life. To glorify his father. For for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And this son came to live a life to radiate the glory of God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the outshining of the Father's glory, the radiance of the Father's glory, the exact imprint of his very nature. We see Jesus, Hebrews 2.9. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. Now this is a playoff of the scripture in Psalms that we read. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. It said that man was made a little lower than the angels. Now Hebrews is saying Jesus was made a little lower than the angels when he became a man. The creator entered into his creation. He was born of a virgin and he became one of us. And he walked the streets like one of us. He lived a sinless life. He was called by Paul the last Adam. He was like Adam before Adam ate from the tree. A perfect man without sin. And he walked in the ways of his father. He was tempted in every way like you and I. Yet he never bowed his knee to sin. He lived a perfect life. And he came to glorify God through his life. But that's not all that he came to do. He came to redeem fallen man. He came to redeem human beings that had become perverts and homosexuals and alcoholics and drug addicts and traitors and thieves. He came to redeem a fallen race of human beings, the sons and daughters of Adam. He came not only to identify with them, but he came to, to suffer and die in their place, to represent them on the cross of Calvary, just as Adam represented us in his fallen state, Christ, the last Adam, has represented us in his perfect state. He died on the cross. Not only does his blood wash away our sins, but all those who believe on him can experience eternal life. We can be born again. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he'll never see the kingdom of God. Jesus came to redeem us and to make us signs and wonders, to redeem a generation of fallen sons and daughters that they might be. Testimonies of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2.14, look what it says. Inasmuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. So Jesus came. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy in our lives. You and I were slaves of sin, slaves of corruption, slaves of the power of sin in this world. When Christ came, not only did he forgive us of our sins, that's why the the message of grace, the so-called message of grace that's being preached today doesn't go far enough. It says rightfully that, that Christ has covered all of our sins and forgiven us of all of our sins, but it never takes it far enough. It never says that Christ came to destroy the works of sin, that I'm no longer a slave of sin, that I don't have to live the way I used to live. I can be transformed. It's not simply a covering so I can live any jolly well way I please and live like the rest of the world. There's no testimony in that. The testimony is the transformed life. The testimony is when you're different than the way. Not only forgiven, but changed. I and the children that God has given to me are for signs and wonders. You were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Regardless, He knew exactly what you would be. He saw you in your foolishness. He saw you in your rebellion. And He says, that, that one is mine. And He redeemed you with His blood. He called you into His family. And He's setting you. He's setting you on your path in this life to glorify His Father by making you a sign and wonder to the grace of God. Jesus, let's, let's look at this. Hebrews 2, 12 and 13. He says, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. Jesus is saying in the midst of the gathered church. woo, He's doing it now in heaven. In the midst of the gathered church, I will sing praise to you, Jesus. Jesus is our, our greater David. And just as David was the man after God's heart, the worshiper that led us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, son of man and son of Son of God is now the worship leader in heaven, leading us, leading us in the glorious praise of our Father. I will declare your name to my brethren. Woo! In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I'll put my trust in Him. And again, here am I in the children whom God has given to me. Isaiah said, here am I in the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and for wonders. And here is how God is making you a sign and a wonder. There is healing in the blood of Jesus for our whole man. Are you facing health issues today? Are you facing physical issues in your body? Do you have heart problems? Do you have lung problems? Do you have back problems? Do you have circulatory problems? Do you have problems brought on by p- poor health decisions in your past? If you do, there is, there, is, there is forgiveness for the sins that brought you to that place, and there is healing and recovery through the power of Jesus' name. There's power in his name. There's power in his blood. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants to heal you of your sicknesses and of your diseases so you can be a sign and a wonder and glorify God. Are you facing emotional issues in your minds? Maybe you've been traumatized, a bad family life, a bad childhood. Maybe you went through all kinds of stuff in marriage or divorce or through crisis in your life and you are, you are, you are an emotional basket case. Wasted. There is healing. Absolute healing. He wants to give you a sound mind. Not only forgiveness, but he wants to wash the memory and the pain from your past so you're no longer drinking from that cup of pain, of bitterness, and hostility, regardless of how you were treated forgiveness and mercy and healing for your whole being healing for your emotional being I and the children that God has given to me are for signs and wonders he's going to make you a sign and a wonder in your family yeah and prosperity and provision is anyone in here today anyone here having financial issues oh yeah we live in a fallen world It wasn't intended to be this way. We were intended to be in the garden and enjoying the blessing of God without sinfulness, without the the strife that's in the world. But if you haven't figured it out, out there, out there in the world without Christ, it's all about money. It's all about money. They're all, you go down the list, airline highway. Why are they in business? They want your money. Every one of them, from the dog clinic, to the cleaners, to, the, to, the, to the, the pool hall down there, to Winn-Dixie, to the saints, to the Zephyrs, to Budweiser, it's all about your money. That's all it's about. Yeah. All about your money. And, and so, you know, the world, and, and they've got, and, and I, hate to, I hate to spill this on you, but their motives aren't always pure. <laughs> Your boss's motives aren't always pure. Your employees' motives aren't always pure. The people you're buying stuff from, their motives aren't always pure. The people you're selling your stuff to, they're not always pure. But there is a God who guides us, who guards us, who washes us, who protects us. And in the midst of adverse circumstances, is able to make all things work together for our goods and to bless us. Oh yeah, he loves, he loves. You know, part of, of what we see on the cross, the cross was a picture of redemption. And when our Savior suffered and died, he suffered and died with the sign of poverty on his head. He suffered and died with a crown of thorns. The patch of thorns that the garden gave up as a result of the fall of man was the sign on the Savior's head. He bore our curse. He broke poverty's back from off of our life. We don't have to live in poverty and lack anymore. The blessing of God is upon us. Hallelujah. Holiness. Are you, anybody here struggling with impure thoughts? I'm sure not one of you are. No one's struggling with going to the wrong internet sites or none of that stuff. There is more than forgiveness available for you. Oh yeah, there is forgiveness for the ugliest things you've ever thought and the ugliest sins you've ever committed. But there is a holy God that will come upon you, this holy God that will come inside of you. And if you'll press into God, he will, he will transform you and you begin to take on a nature of holiness. And people will be shocked. They will be shocked when they look at you and they think, What happened to that? You know what? You're not not saying the same things. You don't have profanity spewing out of your mouth anymore. No longer spewing perverse things out of your mouth. No longer dressing like some two-bit whatever walking up and down airline highway. Transformed transformed. Holiness. No one has to tell you what to wear, what not to wear. There's a transformation that takes place. And he's inside of you, and you're inside of him. And the way you talk, the way you carry yourself, the way you look. Holiness. I and the children that God has given to me are for signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, and then love for God. These, I'm describing how he makes you a sign and a wonder. Love for God and love for our fellow man. We, this Jesus touches us. And we, we, we are so amazed by his love, how he loves us deeply. He loves us personally. He loves us unconditionally. And he loves us finally. And he loves us, and he loves us, and he loves us. And his love wins us over. We begin to love him because he first loved us. We get caught up. We get caught up in his love for us. And it transforms us. And we begin to have a love for God that makes us a worshiper. It transforms what we do with our lives. We worship Him and we love Him. And then it begins to spill out of us. It spills out of us in our relationships with other human beings. We begin to love our wives as Christ loves the church. Wives begin to honor and reverence their husbands, Because it's the love of God spilling out. It's God's response. It's the the response of the fathers. The response of the sons. The response of the husbands and the wives. It's, It's our response toward unlovely people. It's our response toward church people. It's our response toward lost people. It's our response toward employees and employers. We change. And that love of God begins to pour out of us. It's the testimony of Jesus. It's beautiful. And we're finished. The ability to choose life. Are you stuck in a bad lifestyle? (laughs) Are you stuck making bad decisions and bad choices? You know, one of the greatest miracles that happened when Christ became a man, he went to a garden just like Adam and Eve went to a garden. And he made a choice just like Adam and Eve made a choice. They made the wrong choice, and it brought their descendants into slavery. He made a right choice, and that choice, potentially, everyone say potentially, redeemed my ability to make right choices, because before 1973, my, my will was enslaved. Every now and then, I would make a right choice, but most of the time, I made bad choices and I made some really bad ones. But when Christ came into my life, something happened to my ability to choose. What happened? My slavery, my bondage to sin was broken. I was no longer a slave. Not only forgiven, but changed. And I was able from that point to begin to follow God. You see, I was—I heard the gospel growing up. I went to Baptist Sunday school class. We went to Veterans Memorial Baptist Church as a child, and people preached to me off and on throughout my life. And I had gospel literature. I probably prayed the Sinner's Prayer a hundred times, but my will was still enslaved. It's not just repeating the prayer; it's when contact is made. And somehow, I don't know why, but somehow in August of 1973, I prayed the prayer and contact was made. And the chains fell off. And my will was liberated. And I could follow through for the first time in my life. Instead of knowing what was right and doing what was wrong, I began to make the right choices. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.